Blog Talk Radio. Reconnect my heart. We discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way He originally made us. I'm your host, brother Prado. I'm so glad y'all are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call me at five one six four five three nine one one eight. That's five one six four five three nine one one eight. Or you can listen online at www dot blog talk radio dot com forward slash reconnect my heart also for those who want to see the video version of reconnect my heart you can go to www reconnect my heart dot com reconnect my heart dot com you'll see the video version and also just in case i don't remember if i said the telephone number or not but you can call me in case you have any questions or comments Call me at 516-453-9118. I appreciate you all. Matter of fact, 
knew it was something I was forgetting. I forgot to mention the chat room, which is available on our website at blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. You can send your uh, questions, comments, or even uh, prayer requests. I'd like to say hello to everyone who may be uh, watching. I thank you all for y'all continued prayers and support. I want to thank each and every one of y'all who might have um, helped me throughout the years, and especially today. Today being the first Sunday in the month of November, the 11th month of 2021. Wow. So time is moving, and I want to make sure that we utilize our time wisely. So without further without further moment to do, we want to go ahead and um, go on with the program. On tonight, think about this. Have you ever been through so much, so much in your life that you feel completely lost? Sometimes a person can go through so much in their life that they feel overwhelmed, and they left feeling lost. But no matter what we face or what others have thrown upon us, Jesus promised to be with us to help us overcome everything that we go through. And I will say this, even as believers, we go through things. Some things, it happens. But no matter what it is, God promised to help us through them all. So on today's show, we will talk about finding your identity in spite of situations, in spite of bad experiences, healing from hurtful words, also loving who you are, and much more in the episode called, Who Am I? Who Am I? Learning your identity and embracing it. That's what we're going to talk about on today. Um, I have to I have to bring this up. I'm going to explain why I had to talk about this. I'm, I'm going to explain it later on tonight. But some folks have gone through so much in their life. So much have gone through. So many people have gone through so much in their life. They have lost their identity. They have lost their hope. They have lost their will to fight. They have lost their will to live. Some folks, it took everything in them to even get on Facebook. And sometimes, even on Facebook, sometimes some people, I don't want to just say Facebook. It can be social media. You know, growing up, we had MySpace. There were so many different uh, platforms that we had. And so now people are looking for a way to really just get what's in them out. And I know sometimes, unfortunately, many people post things on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, all these platforms. And sometimes, you know, I used to be like, man, why in the world they would post all this stuff? You know, why would they post their business? And one of the things I began to really just start looking at, not everybody is like me. Thank God I do have a circle of friends and even a circle of family that I may lean upon. Um, those that know me, my I know a lot of people. I have a lot of acquaintances, and there are some people that may even consider me friends. I may be their friends. I may be their confidant, but I have 
a selective people that I've I've have close to my heart that I may talk to, I may share and everything. So, you know, I do have to put that out there, hey, you know, we all need somebody. And so just making sure that you choose people in your life or in your circle that you can confide in, but most importantly somebody that's gonna pray for you and give you to God. So I just have to put that out there. But one of the things I found out, I used to be like, man, why in the world would this person would put all their business out? But I found out sometimes that's a cry for help. Sometimes people may not do things or post things wisely. But even in the midst of that, for us who know how to get a prayer through, what are we going to do about it? You know, like I said, thought about it. Not everybody may have had a close relative or a close friend that they can talk to or they can even be able to get some wise counsel for. You know, sometimes we take our growing up or sometimes we take who we are for granted. You know, like I said, I'm the third of five children. I'm the middle child. I'm number three. But there are some people who may have either no siblings or they may have a bunch of siblings like me, but they may not be close to any of them. Or they may not be able to trust any of them. They may not feel comfortable comfortable or confident to be able to relieve their emotions to someone. And so what happens, they either keep themselves bottled up or they allow themselves to just live their life vicariously through social media and just express themselves, just talk. They have no filter because they try to get some relief. And so with all of that, there are people right now that are hurting. Matter of fact, I, number one, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Triumph, uh, Triumph Church in Dallas, Texas. I had a great time. I got a chance to fellowship with them today. I had a great time. I appreciate you all. Uh, Evangelist Jackson, Beta Jackson, phenomenal word. And also got a chance to talk to a lot of the family members and the uh, the church family. Appreciate um, uh, Dr. Cecil Washington and um, uh, the Shepherd, and and also Ann and and uh, Aunt Pam and so many others. So I really appreciate you all. But things I was looking at were sometimes, like I said, even as believers, we're used to going through the motion, especially as ministers. Sometimes as ministers, sometimes we may be going through so much. And in the midst of us going through so much, there are people that are still pulling on us. Matter of fact, I had this situation occur, um, you know, I always uh, talk about it, but when I had lost my sister, Ashley, um, I think the day of or the day after I lost my sister, and that was already a shattering thing in my life, there was somebody that inboxed me on Facebook. Um, they end up saying, I don't want to say exactly what it was, but they end up asking for prayer over a specific situation that, to be honest with you, um, in my eyesight, it was like, now, wait a minute, it's not that serious, you know. And I'm like, man, still being pulled, still being pulled. And I was like, whew, man. But also, not just pertaining to that, but sometimes even when there's grief that happens, sometimes ministers have to put their grief on hold 
Sometimes ministers and people who are considered strong in a family have to put their feelings, their grief on hold to try to help somebody else. That's something else I didn't mention. Sometimes I've talked about, you know, going through so much, you know, uh, they're, they're losing their will to fight their will to live, not just a physical death, but even a spiritual death or an emotional death. Some people quit living. They're just still existing. You know, you know, it's just like somebody, if you look at them, they're walking dead. You know, the only thing that's separating them, those that are walking or they're just existing versus those who are in the grave is that, number one, that person in the grave they are physically dead, but this person right here, they're still, they're physically alive, but they're emotionally dead. They're emotionally, they're mentally, it's like they're just waiting. They're just waiting for the time for God to just take them on. And many people have gone through things that have made them feel that way. Some people have gone through domestic violence. Some people have gone through uh, uh, relationships, toxic relationships. You know, when you think about it, toxic relationship, domestic violence relationship, you know, going through those type of relationships and all of a sudden they finally get a chance to escape. They have to run and leave everything behind. Sometimes what they've known, they have to leave that behind. Sometimes they have been so dependent upon that person, that abuser, and even when they find the strength to leave, it's like, Wow, where are you running to? Where are you going to? What you had here, you had something. You had shelter. You had provision. It was a bad situation, but on the other hand, at least you felt in your mind you had something. For now, you're going to leave that bad relationship and go somewhere where you don't know. There is no familiarity. There is now where you used to depend upon someone, even though it was an unhealthy relationship, but now you finna have to go somewhere where you have to depend upon yourself and you don't know anything. You know, um, matter of fact, I've known that there has been some that have been in toxic relationships or an abusive relationship where the victim didn't know how to drive. That victim did not have a high school diploma, any type of education, not even a GED. And so they were solely dependent upon the abuser. Well, now they're leaving the abuser. They find the strength to leave the abuser or the abuser gets locked up. And now they have to rely upon of course, we can easily say, you know, just trust God, just rely upon God. No, but in their mindset, realistically, they have to defend for themselves. You know, so these type of people, it's like, well, shucks. What do I do? Such as, like I said, those have been domestic violent relationships, toxic relationships, those that are going through a divorce, those who have gone through a divorce, you know, um, those who might have depend upon their spouse, someone who was, a, let's just say if there was a stay-at-home mother, there was a stay-at-home mother who took care of the kids, and, you know, they took care of the kids, they loved on the kids, they raised the kids, and next thing you know, now the husband after you have invested into the relationship, then all of a sudden, blindly, that spouse 
tells you I no longer want to be married, and guess what? I want you to leave. <laughs> you know, this person, what did they do? Also, grief. Sometimes grief. Sometimes, and I know from personal experience, and sometimes I try not to use myself um, because I want people to know, you know, there are other people, but on the other hand, in certain things, I don't mind throwing myself under the bus to let people know, hey, you can look behind the curtain because there are some people that have gone through, and just because you may not see them shed a tear, or just because you see someone smile, you don't know their backstory. But there are some people that have gone through grief, gone through hardship. And, you know, and I was speaking about even my situation. When I lost my sister, all I knew was I'm Sheila Prater's brother. That's all I knew. And so, you know, her being in my life, even by the time I turned one, before I turned one, she was in my life. And so after I lost her and our family gone through what we had went through, one of the things I asked God, I said, God, wow, um, what do I do now? You know, I felt lost. Matter of fact, a couple of hours after I had posted on Facebook that we had lost her, i never forget, I went to Walmart, and that was the longest drive, and it was just maybe five minutes away from where I live. I drove to Walmart, and I got out the parking lot, and that was the longest walk. For the first time in my life, I felt lost. Grown man, I felt lost. Preacher man, yes, I felt lost. I felt lost. Now, in me feeling that way, one of the things I saw that God was showing me and he was telling me where I was easy to tell people, you know what, God can do this, can do that. I was used to encouraging people. I was used to telling people what God can do. But now, from this situation on forward, God was showing me from this point on, no longer me telling people what God can do. Now, I'm going to show them what God can do through you. Now, it's easy for people to see you preaching People listening to your preach word, but now people tend to see your preach word through your life. And so that's when I had to really, really, really talk to God, rely upon God, and, and know that in spite of everything that we were going through, and be honest with you, this situation, it was something I've never faced but God promised that he was going to be with me. And so now that God promised that he would be with me, now I have to rely upon him because I'm letting people know, hey, look here, what you're dealing with, understand, this is not something I'm, I'm a, a, a season in, but I serve a seasoned God, and my relationship with God is seasoned. So even though this is a new experience, Jesus and I have an old experience. And so I want you to trust in him like I have to trust in him. So it was it was just like taking the words off of the pages and to apply to my life for people to see if God could do it for me, he could do it for y'all. And sometimes even in what we dealt with and even when we try to encourage people and everything, sometimes people feel like, well, you know, that's just you. 
uh, you know, you guys' favorite child. I'm just saying, in you know, an example. I like I like to talk as if I'm reading people's head, because those are the conversations that people may give to us. Sometimes behind closed doors, we can tell people that God is a good God. God is faithful to His word. God can help us in every situation. Yeah, yeah, but that's you. But you know, you different. You know, uh, you just. I'm like, wait a minute, what you talking about? <laughs> you know. So I do have to say this disclaimer, and I'm not going to say it towards the end. I'm going to say it right now. God showed no respect to persons. God showed no respect to persons. I have to bring it up because even in what we deal with, there are some painful experiences that we may deal with in life, and it may feel like, wow. You know, like I said, sometimes when you go through so much, and I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're someone that just got saved or someone that's been saved for many years, or if you're a pastor, preacher, deacon, or whatever. When you hurt, look here. You don't want to hear just anybody just saying something just to make you feel good. You need some react. Listen, you need some truth, and you need some reality. And I'm going to tell you like this, and those that know me, I believe in being real and being honest. I don't want to hear nobody say, well, you know, you know, uh, well, you know, uh, well, I just say, like when I lost my sister, yeah, well, you know, she had a better place, you know, well, you know, uh, just give it to God. Look here. One thing I tell people, and those that know me, it's one of my pet peeves. I don't want to hear people tell people to give it to God. We're not going to tell them or teach them how to give it to God. That's the, we say these things, and it may sound pretty or cliche, but on the other hand, when a person is hurt or going through something, we need, look, we need, because I know I was there, I need somebody to hold my hand and help us to walk this thing through. That's why the Bible tells us iron sharpens iron. That doesn't mean that iron gonna always stay sharp. That doesn't mean that iron would never get dull. But even in the midst of the dull moments, God has partnered us up with people that can hold us to look look here, to help us not only if we go through, but when we go through, because all of us gonna go through something one day. If you haven't gone through anything, just keep on living. And I'm going to tell you something. You may not go through anything personally, but if you got a child, if you have a child and you see your child hurt or go through something, that's just like you going through something because that's your child. You don't want to see your child go through anything. I know myself. You know, look here. I love my son. I know he's a big boy and everything, but I would rather go through instead of him. You know, but when it comes down to love, you know, as a parent, you know, you being a parent, you being a sibling, you know, um, I had two younger siblings, even though me and Sheila grew up as twins, but I was a couple of months older than her, but she was still my younger. And so it was like my responsibility to care for her, to protect her as she felt the same way towards me and my younger brother. You know, and so with those things, when situations occur, the devil will try to challenge you to make you feel like you ain't nobody, to make you feel like, well, you know, um, you, you, you don't know who you are. And not only questioning your identity as far as who you are, even within your family, 
even within your friendship to make you feel all alone, make you feel like nobody cares, but also he would even challenge your spiritual identity. Well, you know, if if you know if God really loved you, you never wouldn't have gone through that. I'm telling you, you matter of fact, matter of fact, I I'm not gonna say that person's name, but I know a pastor that lost a child years ago. This was back in the seventies. And when he went through, he shared his testimony of, you know, what the devil was saying. You know, well, you know, uh, if God really loved you, you never wouldn't have went through that. You know, and he still kept on preaching. And so I know even in my situation, of course, we got to be able to recognize that. This is a little sidebar. We got to be able to recognize the voice of Satan. We have to recognize it. There are some people where I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know why I was thinking about that. No, look here. The devil going to always try to plant a seed, plant something. So it ain't that you're, you're crazy. No, the devil, that's his job, to plant some things into your mind to suggest for you to do something or receive something that he want to give you. Um, one of the things I do have to, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to bring this up. What brought up this conversation on tonight, I was somewhere this week, and this guy walked up to me, and he just, I can't remember exactly what he asked, but it was something that was very unnecessary. He just said something. I can't remember what it was. And he kind of, you know, kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, huh? And he said it again, and I looked at him. And he said, oh, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. You know, I'm just crazy, I'm just crazy, you know, I'm, I'm tripping, I'm tripping, I'm tripping. And so instead of brushing him off, I felt the need to challenge him because he said he was crazy. He was crazy. Hey, I'm just crazy, man, you know, blah, 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 blah. And for some reason, I see why now, but that caught my spirit, and God just allowed me to engage with him. Now, my thing was, as he was speaking, I was praying to God, look, I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know what to say, I don't know how this conversation is going to turn out, but you know, so I'm trusting you. You be the mouthpiece, and you just, I'm going to open up my mouth, but you just speak the words that's going to resonate to him. Long story short, he said he was crazy. I eventually asked him, why, why do you say you're crazy? Well, well, you know, I, t- I take psych meds and, and blah, 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 blah. I said, yeah, but you said you're crazy? You said you're crazy? Well, he kept on saying, well, other people call me crazy. Other people call me crazy, too. Other people call me crazy. And so all of a sudden, God just began to start showing me almost like a doctor doing surgery, you know, doing a procedure, you know, really just fine-tuning certain things, a microscopic seizure, a procedure, and just removing some things. And so as he began to start talking, I said, well, were you born crazy? Were you born that way? He said, no, 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 um, no, no, I wasn't. I said, oh, so you were born regular, normal. He said, yeah, yeah. I said, well, what was the turning point that make you go crazy? He said, well, my mama put a gun to my head and pulled the trigger, and she would do stuff like that. 
And then eventually my mom ended up dying and all that stuff, you know. So there was a lot of things, some other things, too, that transpired in his life. And eventually, instead of him getting professional help as far as being able to get counseling or something, they ended up giving him psychiatric medication. I said, oh, so now he told me, well, now they gave him and his well, his verbiage was now they gave him crazy medicine, and people call him crazy because he's taking the medicine. Now he identified himself as crazy, which came up to the conversation of asking us tonight, "Who am I?" Oh, so you saying you're crazy based upon other people giving you that label? I said, okay, okay, but I said. Even that medication, you don't need that medication. You know what you need? You need somebody that's going to professionally talk to you and somebody that's going to listen. Because he went through something that we need, to, we need to call it like it is. He went through drama. He went through trauma. He went through drama and trauma. And a lot of times, even when people have gone through stuff like that, they end up having PTSD, also so much stuff that has transpired in their life, it makes them feel overwhelmed, and then next thing you know, they become what they believe, or they become what other people have said that they are. Sometimes when you're going through so much, when you're used to fighting, when you're used to fighting for everything in your life, and then all of a sudden, you no longer have to fight, what's going to happen? You're going to end up always looking over your back. So that's something that really caught my attention that really made me look at, you know what, if he feels that way, what about some of us? Some of us, we have taken on the identity that other people have given us, or sometimes we have taken on the identity that our circumstances or our situation has us in. And we think, well, you know, that's the way that's the way life is going to be for me or that's the way it's always going to be i guess i'm going to be a, i guess i'm going to be fighting all my life or i guess i'm going to always uh be used all my life or i guess i'm going to always be sick all my life or i guess i'm going to always have this particular labor all my life and so what happened we end up taking on the identity of what we're struggling with instead of the identity of what we were born with. So with that, a lot of times, many of us, they have, we have gone through so much. Matter of fact, you know, a lot of times with that fighting, and we're not just talking about physical fight, we're talking about fighting in life. There are so many people, do you know anyone that every time you see them, it's like there's a struggle? It's a struggle. It's a struggle for them to to get up. It's a struggle for them. Like I said, there are some people that are living, but then there are some people that are just existing. You know, um, some people some people are dead. They just some people have given up on life. Some people are quote unquote emotionally dead. They just have not physically expired yet. You know, have you ever had bread or milk where you see the expiration date 
and you're like, okay, okay, it's good. I got time. But then when you open up, you're like, woo. You know, <laughs> the milk spawned before a time. The bread was molded before time. There are things that may happen in our life, and we end up being spawned or end up molding before the expiration date. And and one of the things we have to do, we have to be able to understand that these are the things that we have to deal with. We have to acknowledge them. We have to address it. So that way we can get the help and healing that we need that God wants us to have. And so what made me think, so many people, so many people, they have used to being so much in the fight that when it comes down to success, look, some folks will even give up success. Why? Because they've been so used to struggling that once they make it, once they become successful, it scares them. There have been some celebrities. They can't handle fame. There have been some celebrities that once they get over the hump of struggling and they become successful, what happens, it freaks them out. And sometimes they may even take their own life. But you wonder, why? wait a minute. You're no longer struggling. You're no longer dealing with what you were dealing with. What's the problem? Well, come to find out, there may be some things that may have transpired that they now have dealt with. And what happened, they feel like, well, you know what? I'm all Now all I knew was to fight. And now, you know, I'm tired of looking over my shoulder. They think that they're going to look over their shoulder alone because now that need to fight no longer exists, and now they're scared because that's, that's what they've been their identity. Their identity has been to fight, to struggle. This caught my attention. God gave me this, and I was like, wow, I never thought about it like that. But you think about, I mentioned about, you know, sometimes people may, uh, uh, fame may scare them or intimidate them. But you think about this. You think about the lady with the issue of blood. She fought for 12 long years. Get this, consistently, consistently, she fought. Every day was a struggle while she was dealing with her issues. But after she touched Jesus' garment, she was healed, and after she confessed and acknowledged, she became whole. But you think about it. She now has to operate in an area that was unfamiliar or some uh, 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 an, an area that she had not had in a long time. I know this. I know if I take off a work, if I take off a week from work, I know I'm gonna have to get acclimated back to the job, the mindset of my job. You know, I may have to try to log on and try to get assistance because I think I can't remember my password, and I only took off for a week. You know, matter of fact, when I was off work last month, uh, last year, excuse me, when I was off work last month for all the months because I had COVID, shucks. When I got back to work, I was like, wow, things have changed, you know. But just imagine, listen, dealing with something for 12 years, 12 years. And get this, she dealt with it for so long, they didn't even give her 
a proper name. Think about it. Before she had the issues with her blood, she was just an ordinary lady. But what happened, because she had no issue and she dealt with it for so long, she ended up becoming identified by her issue. So that's already bad. But then all of a sudden, after she met, uh, she encountered Jesus Christ and she became healed and whole. Now, she started a new life being whole. Think about it. Think about it. There are some people, and of course, want to be made whole. There are some people, they want, they want to be delivered from their situation. Some people don't want to be delivered. Some people want to be rescued from their situation. But when it comes down to operating in a unfamiliar territory, what do you do? Being able to re- get real acquainted with who you are. Get real acquainted. Like I said, there are some people, another topic I I didn't bring up. There are some people, not only they have dealt with divorce, dealt with grief, trying to figure out their identity, but there are some another group of people we have to talk about too. Some people may have lost their identity, and now they are reminded they got to get reacquainted with who they are when they deal with the emptiness syndrome. Like I said, when you're so used to raising your kids, raising all your kids, and now all your kids have graduated, now they're out of the house. Now you got to get reacquainted with who you are. You might have had them, and all you knew, you have given your life for your kids, you know, they were, the, they were your first priorities and all that stuff. You sacrificed yourself. You sacrificed. You went without for them to have. Now, 20 years later, bam, you're in the house by yourself. What do you do? When you've been so used cooking a big meal for a family of six, and now all the kids out the house are now just dinner for one or dinner for two. Now it's you or it's you and your husband. Now you got to look here. Now, even though you're going to always be mama, but now you got to think about who are you? What are your interests are? You have no need to run to McDonald's and get five ice cream cones for the kids. Now the kids are grown. So what do you do? You got to figure out what in the world you like. Which, who are you? You know, you didn't have, you, you had your kids, but you might have been 20. And you raised three and four kids, and you think about it, especially if there's a gap. So before you had kids, you were 20. Now all the kids are out the house. Now you're 60. Okay. Who are you? Well, I'm I'm so-and-so mother. Okay, we know you're so-and-so mother, but who is so-and-so mother? Who are you? You know, that's, that's, that's something that we have to think about. These are the things that we have to think about because so many things that we have dealt with that we try to figure out who in the world we are. Now, I mentioned about the lady with the issue of blood, and also you think about it. You know, her being able to just start over and for her to be able to operate in her new body without worrying about that issue that she dealt with for 12 years. You know, you think about it. 
you have a brand new car. I know when I had my car, my, uh, my favorite car was a Toyota Celica. I love that car. I had it. I bought it brand new. And after I bought it brand new, you know, you protect it, you wash it, you vacuum it. When you go to the parking lot of a place, you don't park close. You park far so that way people won't be hitting your ding, you know, ding your car. But then what happens after you get your car hit for the first time? Might be an accident. Doesn't mean that it's total. But even if they just damage your vehicle, you're like, man, now you feel violated. <laughs> now you feel like, man, you know. I, 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 uh, can, can y'all just replace my whole car? They say no, no, no. It could be repairable. You know, it's repairable. They, you know, they can fix it. And what happened after they fixed it? You get your car back. You look. Okay, you see it. It looks pretty. But what do you do? You look all over the car. But most importantly, you go right to the place where your car was damaged at. And you see it if there's any type of detection you can see where it was damaged. And what happened, every time you see your car, you don't see the whole totality of your car. You don't see the beauty of your car. You don't even see the purpose of your car taking you from point A to point B. All you think about is, hmm, there was a dent right there. You're going to always go to that dent. And lo and behold, one day you go outside, you see, and you're like, uh-uh, now wait a minute now. I see that dent. I see they didn't really take care of that car. They didn't really uh, paint it the way it's supposed to have been. And not realizing they did their part, but it might have been the reflection of the sun that make it look like, hey, they didn't do a good job in repairing your car. So what happened, we end up going back to that same place of that injury or that damage. And so if we'll do that within our, with our vehicle, imagine what we do with our emotions. We end up always going back to the place where we were hurt at. We end up going to that place instead of us walking in healing and walking in uh, uh, wholeness, we end up going back to that place because the devil suggested for us, because the devil always remind us of not the victory that we received, but the hurt or the bad experiences that we dealt with. Even with that, one of the things I have to, you know, we have to think about it. Even when I mentioned about the lady with the issue of blood and, and now she recovered. One of the things we have to keep in mind some people feel this way. Healing can be very scary for some folks. Healing can be scary for some folks when you're used to being hurt. Healing can be scary when you're so used to being hurt. Some people, they're used to being a victim that when they are no longer, like I said, in the fight or when they are no longer having to struggle in that situation, what happens is they get scared and they go back to their place of normalcy. That's normalcy to them. Or they go back to that familiar place. That's something that God wants to help us with to overcome. And so 
Understand that all of that. Understand who in the world are we? We're not going to go on what people have said. We're not going to go on the experiences that we have dealt with. What we're going to do, we're going to think about what God's word said pertaining to us. Who are we in the eyesight of God? What did God say we are? Or who did God say we are? And so one of the things we have to remember, you know, this is a very familiar scripture. You know, when we think about it, Genesis started with that. God said, let us make man in our own image and likeness, in our own image. You know, many of us, we may have dealt with insecurities. I could talk about because I dealt with it too. We may have dealt with insecurities. We may have dealt with things that we may have some imperfections. Matter of fact, I heard uh, Shamar Moore. Shamar Moore said this one time, and it really caught my attention. Shamar Moore, good-looking young man, handsome man, uh, tall, uh, solid built. He said, hmm, somebody asked him, he was on a talk show years ago, and they asked him, does he have any flaws or does he have any insecurities? And so when you look at him, you would think, not him, but he admitted. He has a flaw in his eyesight. He said one of his flaws, he hates he hate his toes. <laughs> he hates his toes. Hmm. Isn't that funny? Now, for somebody else, they might say, hey, man, look here. If I had to look like you but had your toes, hey, guess what? I keep them toes. But, you know, that's his hang-up in his mind. But in somebody else's mind, he all right. Matter of fact, I saw a video. Uh, it was a Steve Harvey video, and it was a young man that ended up meeting a young lady because um, he videoed himself in worship, in worshiping God. He was just playing the piano. He was just singing and crying out to God. And she was inspired by his testimony in his song they end up you know communicating being friends encouraging each other and now they're engaged but one of the things was he was saying that he was crying out because he had just got out of this relationship this relationship uh his girlfriend broke up with him and he was just uh beating himself up he didn't like the way he looked he said he was overweight he he used to being teased of being dark-skinned he had a lazy eye all these imperfections in his eyesight that he was acknowledging about himself. Well, that young lady that ended up watching his video that ended up becoming a friend of his and now his fiance, you know what she said? She said, I love the way he looked. Even that lazy eye, I like that too. You know, he talking about he needs to lose some weight. He talking about he overweight. Guess what? I love everything, even if he never changes. I like him. That's enough for me. And so even the way he looked at himself and the imperfections that he didn't like about himself, he ended up meeting someone where all those imperfections that he had, he was still 
good enough for the one that really loved him. So looking at some of these things that when we look at who are we, you know, I look at Psalms 17 and 8, also Zechariah 2 and 8, it talk about the apple of God's eye. We are the apple of God's eye. Matter of fact, when God gave me this revelation, that really stood in the front of my mind because it made me see, wow, I'm loved by God that much. And of course, when we read the Bible, we gotta take it, we gotta take it personal. We gotta take it and eat it. When we read the word of God, don't worry about, well, the thou and the no, put your name in it. Look, look at God's word. That's his will. Okay, so if God's word if his is his will, personalize it because the Father, God the Father, wrote a living will for his child, you. But you need to personalize it. So we being the apple of God's eye. And one of the things I always talk about, the apple of God's eye, that is not a fruit that you eat. That's a metaphor talking about the pupil. Now, I always tell people this, even being the apple of God's eye, which is a metaphor talking about the pupil, that word pupil in its original language in Latin that means little doll or little man. That means when you look into somebody's eyeball or somebody's pupil, you see a reflection of yourself. Or when they look into your pupil, they see a reflection of themselves. So when God looks in our eyes, he sees a reflection of himself. He sees himself in you. Now get this. One of the things I always tell people, from the time you were born up until the time you were a grown person, everything in your body changes, grows, develops. Everything except for one thing, your eyeballs. You have the same size eyeballs now that you had when you were first born. So in other words, God's image of you never changed. But the key thing that changes, so to speak, is not the image of the eyes, but it's the distance. The distance is what changes, not that God left us, but we leave God. We become distance from God. So that's why when we repent, God wants us to repent, walk in, not just walk in forgiveness, but walk in repentance. And when we, excuse me, when we repent, let me get some water right quick. When we repent, that word repent is two words. Read me, do again, and pent. Being at the highest level of a position or a relationship. So when we repent, we go back in right standing with God. We go into the highest relationship that we'll ever have with anyone, and that's with God Almighty. So when we repent, we go back into right standing where we're close to him, where he can be able to see the image of himself in our eyes closer and bigger. Because when you distance from someone, the image in their pupil gets smaller. 
But when you get closer, the image gets larger. So that's what we have to realize. God wants us to repent. Also, the other thing that we have to think about, you know, people say, oh, oh, you're just crazy. You're just crazy. Let me tell you something. First of all, believers aren't crazy. If you're a child of Jesus Christ, if you're a child of God, you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, don't worry about people calling you crazy or people calling you off. No, don't worry about that. Listen. The Bible tells us that we are peculiar people. Now, that word uh, peculiar does not mean weird or crazy. And one terminology, it says that different. Okay, but I found out why it's different. So peculiar, we're peculiar people, not crazy people. I'm going to show this with you. Peculiar means a property or a privilege belonging exclusively or characterized to a person. So in other words, we being peculiar people, meaning we exclusively belong to God Almighty. Meaning, because we belong to him, we share the attributes or we we have attributes that came from him that reflect him through us send that so understand even when people have talked about you call you crazy and it's not just the older people it's not just the adults that go through it but it's young people that go through it you know people getting picked on people getting bullied and they they wonder why are they picking on me? Let me tell you why. Because they see something in you that they may see, oh, that person is weird. That person is different. It's something about them. Well, see, they may not be knowledgeable of who God is. And it's the Christ in you. And, uh, and also it could be that anointing that's over you, that's in you, where they like, huh, because what happens when a person don't understand something, they go automatically label it as weird or crazy. But that's not you. That's them. But just because they, just because you may be different than them, does not mean that you're less than them. So what we have to do, we have to understand what people say about us does not define us. What we have dealt with in our life does not define us. God has already defined who we are even while we were yet in our mother's womb. Listen, even before our mother and father consummated who we were, or before we were conceived, God already had a plan for us to show up on the scene. And the funny thing about it, nothing and nobody can take our identity. And, you know, one of the things I found out, I found out God has given each and every one of us at least one spiritual gift. God has given each and every one of us at least one spiritual gift. And some people may have more than one. But one of the things I found out, and this really helped me, <clears throat> I begin to realize those spiritual gifts that God has given us 
True enough, we can minister to someone else. You know, we can encourage someone else. We may even prophesy to someone else. But those spiritual gifts that God has invested into us to minister to someone, to prophesy to someone, don't you know he has given that the ability for us to even prophesy and encourage our own self? You know, what caught my attention, like I said, it blew my mind. It's easy for us to give a word to other people and all this stuff. And God was God told me a couple months ago, he said, you know, them, them same gifts I instilled in you, regardless if it's prophecy, uh, laying on the hands uh, for uh, people to be healed, sick, you know, uh, the gift of faith, all these things. It's not just for other people, but it's for you to implement it for your own self. I said, wow, I never thought about it. Sometimes it takes us a little couple minutes for us to kind of, you know, get our thoughts together. I was like, wow, Lord, thank you. So now, don't get me wrong, if God give me a word to give to somebody, oh, yeah, I give it. I give it. But also, I tell God, look here. Now, look here. I gave a word to them. Now, can you give me a word for me? So that way, when God give me that word for me, I'm going to mirror. I'm going to tell that person that's in my mirror so that way not only they can be fed, but they can feed me. Because when I speak the word to that person in my mirror, they're going to speak it back to me. That's me. So you know, I tell people, you know, and I, matter of fact, I had someone um, uh, earlier this week, you know, make sure you, you know, you, you make sure you encourage yourself. And, of course, you know, we give out to other people. We give out to people. But also we have to make sure that we take care of ourselves. And I say, look here, those that know me, I believe in making sure that I have time for me and God. That's why I tell people, hey, look here, don't waste my time. You know, and, and this this is me. I believe in time management, and I believe in being responsible, being a responsible steward, because when people waste my time, then that means that they're going to prevent me from utilizing that time to be either with my son, what I need to do, but most importantly, even if it's studying or being for the Lord. So that's why it's so important for us to be able to be good stewards, not just with our time, but with our gifts, even with our finances. So I so I, I hope that we really understand who we are, even in the purpose that God has blessed us and placed us to be in. Also, another thing, what we have to do, we have to realize, not just us being the apple of God's eye, but also God handcrafts you at a carefully selected time for a divine purpose. God has given each and every one of us not just a gift, but also a purpose, a purpose and an identity. God will not give you a purpose without giving you an identity. But also, God will not give you an identity without giving you a purpose. It goes both ways. So there is no one, get this, there is no one like you. This is not to butter you up to make you think that, hey, you're better than anybody. No, but the thing is, each and every one of us are important. Each one of us, even when you look at in the Bible, we talk about, you know, just like how 
the hands, the fingers are important. There are different members within the body of Christ. Well, guess what? You're a part of that member. You're a part of the family. You are loved. You are appreciated. But not to allow anything to interrupt you or interrupt or even interfere or distract you from studying and understanding your purpose and your identity. You have to understand who your identity, who you are in your identity, but most importantly, it's not coming from man, it's coming from God. Because man cannot define you. I'm going to tell you something. This is what hit me a few minutes ago. What hit me, it blew my mind. When God chose, first of all, God had already chosen, look, God chose each and every one of us. God want all of us to be saved, but he gave us a choice. The Bible tells us, you know, we always hear, matter of fact, um, um, many are called, but few are chosen. Oh, so that means you just chose, no, get this. Many are called, that means the call is out, but few people accept the calling. Call is out, but few people answer to the call, obey the call. So with that, understanding that God desired each and every one of us to be saved and obedient. But when I completely gave my life to God, when I surrendered my will, my ways, my hopes, my dreams to God, There was no committee from man. God didn't have to come down on earth and gather up a committee to take a vote to see if I would be accepted in the kingdom, if I would be accepted or drafted as a child of God. God didn't do that. He just said, come. So understand this. Nobody has the authority to stop you from being accepted by the Father. God wants you to go to him and get this. There are some that are saved, but don't, they don't know their identity. There are some that are saved. There are some that are trusting God, but they have not come to the understanding of who they really are in the eyesight of God. They have not got the revelation or even the teaching to understand who their identity is. And now God wants you to know. God wants you to know, and like I said, utilizing his word, his word is his will. His will, his will is so important. God wants you to know his word and know who you, number one, God wants you to know who he is and who you are in him. That way you understand the privileges and the benefits that you have as a child of God. It would be sad for you to be able to work on a job for all these years and then come to find out after you retire, you end up shucks. I could have I could have uh had more money. I could have I could have had a free pass, a free parking pass, but I didn't utilize it because I didn't read the SOP or the code of conduct or the standard operating procedure. I didn't read the manual when I got hired on. Well, get this. God has his word for you, even if you've been saved for 10 or 15 years. If you read it and you get an understanding and a revelation right now, you can go to God and say, God, look here. I want to I wanna make sure that I implement this now. 
I may not have been able to have been aware of it when I first got saved, but now I'm under the understanding of it. Look here, I want to get it right now. He's not going to say, well, you know, uh, it was you, you should have been able to use it when you first got saved or, you know, the first 30 days when you got saved, that's when it was active. That's when it was active, but now it's too late. No, he's going to say, now you got it. As long as you got it, come on. You know, so understand God has so much for us, and God wants us to know who we are in him. You have purpose. You have value. Like I said, there may be some negative words that might have been said to you or even about you. You know what? Let them talk. One of the things I found out, I found out when you find out that people are talking about you, what it is, you just now found out. They've been talking about you all along. But the key thing is, it's not so much them talking about you, but it's what your response going to be now you found out they talked about you. Are you going to allow that to stop you? Are you going to make, is that going to make you lose focus? Because the devil can use that as a distraction because guess what? They may not want anything in life, but you cannot allow anything to derail you from the purpose and plan God has for you because they may not care about what God has for them. But you need to care because it's more to you that's at stake. Your children are dependent upon you. Your current husband or your future husband or future wife may be dependent upon you. Your future spouse may be dependent upon you. But also there may be some people that God is preparing for you to help along the way. One of the things I found out when we have gone through something in life, I found out that gives us a testimony to help somebody else because there may be someone, I ain't going to say may, but there will be someone that we may face that is going through what we had gone through. Matter of fact, when I had, um, when I got back, when I got back to work, I think, um, a couple of days, matter of fact, even before work, um, there are so many people that have gone through domestic violence and toxic relationship, all that stuff. And so after I lost my sister, I end up speaking to so many different people that have gone through what I went through, you know, and we help with one another, you know. And so one of the things I found out, whatever we deal with, God promised that he'll turn what we dealt with, that bad experience that we dealt with, not only for us to count it joy, that doesn't mean that we like what, what we went through, but he said all things will work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Understand that. You have a purpose, and guess what? There may be some things, look here, there may be some things that we have done, and of course, just because we experienced it, that does not mean that we did something bad. Sometimes good things happen to bad people. And, of course, there are some things we like, now, God, I don't understand. And God wants you to talk to him. God is approachable. God wants you to just, you know, when we say cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us, that doesn't only mean, well, you know, God, I'm worried about my job. God, I'm worried about my bill being paid. No, it's like, God, look here, I'm dealing with it. I don't understand. You know, God, I lost my I lost my sister. God, I lost this. I lost that. I don't understand. And some people, if you be real, some people will even ask God, where are you? 
God wants us to be real and transparent with him. That way we can get the help that we need because a lot of things when we deal with, we hold on to it for so much, and we end up getting ourselves kicked up out of here. We end up stressing ourselves, dying before time because we're not giving what we're holding on in. We're not giving that mess over to God. God wants you to talk to him. God wants you to be able to, like I said, not only cast, throw every burden, every stress, every weight. And some people, well, you know, don't question God. Uh-uh, no. Sometimes even in just you looking at the Bible, sometimes you have to be able to even remind God of his word. That doesn't mean that he forget, but it's going to find out if we, if we know, if we remember what God's word says. Are we really are we really applying God's word? Do we know God's word in whatever situation that we dealt with? Get this. Okay, we got an enemy, the devil. But the devil knows God's word. Unfortunately, we don't. And it's utilizing this time for us to know God's word and recite it back to him. God, look here, you said in your word, God, you know, you are you know, you're a man that should never lie. God you you are a promiser of your word. You hold on to your word. God, I need you right now, you know, for us to be real. And I always tell people, you know, if you be real with God, he will be for real with you. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. For right now, I'm going to go ahead and um, go to the phone line. As a matter of fact, I do see some um, some comments on here. Yes, yes. I'm going to go ahead and go to the phone line right now, and we're going to go to our first caller. Matter of fact, go on here right now. Going to the first caller. Okay, there he is. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. You're on the air. How are you doing today? Doing great, sir. How are you? Doing good, doing good, doing good, doing good. I appreciate your support, and um, if you like to share anything, you're welcome to at this time. Okay. Hey, uh, you know, I always want to share, but basically I'm just going to reflect back, you know, uh, one of the key points that you made and um, <clears throat> and actually what, what brought this uh, service about. Um one of the key points you made is that, you know, we need each other, right? We need each other. We need, you know, not saying just a sister and a brother, but we need each other as people. And by you reaching out to that young man when he came up and, you know, uh, you know, in our business as as uh, law enforcement, uh, a lot of times people start doing that stuff and, you know, we deal with it so much, we kind of want to walk away, but instead you you talked to the young man and you found out that he had a lot of things going and, and more than likely you helped him. But guess what? God set that meeting up. God set that meeting up so you could talk to him. And then now you're talking to all your followers, you know, and helping them through that same conversation. So that's what it's all about, you know, and you've been an example of that since I've known you. And I just say, keep up the good work. Wow. Well, I, I definitely appreciate you. And, um, you know, one of the things I always say, you know, we help us with one another. And the way I look at it, you know, even in the situation I've dealt with in my life, I, you know, I dealt with a lot. And what I, one of the things I look at it, excuse me, I look at it as in spite of what I dealt with, it ain't about me. But one of the things I dealt with in my life, 
I was talking to God and I was just so hurt and everything. And God told me that he's broadening my audience for ministry. And so I want to tell people who may be watching, who may be listening, you might have gone through some, some crazy stuff. You might have gone through hell and high water. But one of the things I'm a firm believer in, number one, God will make your pain profitable. I know some people, oh, that's all you're talking about. It had, look here, money and all of it. I know a lot of people that are wealthy and they're about as miserable as all I do is. But when I say God will make your pain profitable, that means emotionally making you whole, mm-hmm. heal emotionally, physically, not just financially, but emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, mentally. I said emotionally, but most importantly, spiritually. Number one, yes, for yes. us to be able to see who God is in the midst of whatever we dealt with. When I when I went through when I went through the coronavirus, God was sitting me down and He said, "I'm gonna show you what I could do through your situation." And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, even though I might have been able to be in contact with society, uh, with people, but I really enjoyed that one-on-one time that I had with God. I had fun. Some people, I know some mm-hmm. people, oh, I'm going crazy. I've been locked up in this house for 10 days. I said, child, please, I was, I was locked up for 71, <laughs> 71 days, you know. But mm. I had fun, and I told God that everything that I learned I found out that there are some things that I did not even know. He was showing me even more because I may have known God as a provider. I might have known God as a redeemer, but I also now know him personally, him being a healer. You know, I know him him Mm -hmm. in more ways now than I did before the virus. You know, of Mm -hmm. course, he healed me from Mm -hmm. a cold and all that stuff, you know, stuff like that. But now I can tell people what God can do. And I'm going to say it like this. I know even that virus, that virus was even designed to take me out. I know mm-hmm. for a fact because I know there was time. I, I didn't go into a whole lot of detail because I did not want to scare anybody. But mm-hmm. even when I was going through, I was lying in the bed and I could actually feel that virus pricking my lungs. It was like a safety pin mm-hmm. pricking my lungs. You know, mm. uh, when I when I when I coughed it out, when I spat it out, you know, I can actually see the redness, and I'm like, why? It was thick, you know. And then also, wow. even even when I was lying down, it was like, oh, man, I said, well, God, you know, I I still have work that needs to be done, you know. But but even if by chance He took me, hey, look here. I know where my eternal home was, but I kept thinking about there's still work that needs to be done. There's still souls mm-hmm. need to be saved. There's still ministry that still needs to take place. But when I was laying down, and that was the worst thing, I tell people, you know, don't lay down unless you sleep, and don't sleep on your back. Sleep on your stomach. Sleep on your side. Mm-hmm. But the devil was saying, just go on, lay down. Just go on, lay down. Lay there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be all right. And that's that boy was killing you, you know. That's it right. was almost like you comatose. But the devil's like, mm-hmm. just gonna lay down, just gonna lay down. 
And I said, no, God, I got to fight. I got to be an example. I got to fight. I got to fight. So now I can tell people, and that, that's why I'm passionate, because I know what God can do. And like I tell people, if God can do it for me, he can do it for anybody. You know, mm-hmm. from low self-esteem, right. from insecurities, all these things that God want to deliver us from, that his children, we ain't talking about the people who ain't saved. We're talking about the people that are saved are dealing with. That's right. So I, I just I just wanted to uh, share that with you. No, I appreciate that. No, like I say, just keep up the good work, and uh, like I said, you're a uh, good example of, of continuing to help your fellow man, and that's what that's what this is all about. That's what Christ is all about. He came to help us so we could help each other. It's just a circle of love. So no, I just appreciate you, and uh, like I say, just keep up the good work. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you. And I get a chance to see you in 40, like 46 more hours. That's it. <laughs> okay, sir. Have a great night. <clears throat> all right. All right. Take care now. Okay. Right, going to the next line. Oh, like one of my favorite individuals in the world. Hello. Welcome to Rick and Maha Podcast. You're on the air. How you doing today, sir? How you doing? Doing great, doing great, doing great. Um, any, anything you would like to share, comments, you're welcome to at this time. Well, I, I once again, I give God thanks for you and for your program and your ministry and continues to pray for your ministry. Uh, as you said about the young man, uh, uh, a few weeks ago we talked about Psalms 107, verse 1 through 7 and 39 and 14. We talk about moments. And uh, what we all have to understand, every moment is important. And so uh, we need to take advantage of all those moments because each one of those moments in our life is having to do with God's stories in our life. And so uh, you you met the challenge of the, that moment of reaching out to that young man. And I agree, like Sam had just said, God directed that meeting. And thing and uh, and you and I have talked about this uh, many times before that many believers don't know who they are, they don't know their identity, and uh, just like you said in Genesis and what you said in Psalm seventeen and eight and Zechariah two and eight, and I'll just like to use what you also quoted uh, earlier, First Peter two and nine, uh, where you talked about being peculiar people. Because we indeed are, Peter tells us that we are a chosen race, okay, and uh, we are God's possession, and uh, we belong to God. And so uh, I know, uh, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to move on. Uh, My wife, I know she went with uh, a seminar with me, and I like going to these various seminars, and I see them, and I said, okay, let me just go check this one out. And... uh, my wife went with one with me and one time and after we had left church and when we left it she said, You got those people thinking that you're a millionaire. I said, How's that? I said, What did I say? She said, Well, the think about it, you didn't say anything. She said it was the way you was carrying yourself that and we was the only uh black couple that was there. She said the way they'd come up to you and talk to you and everything I said, Right, I said, Did you ever hear me say a word? 
She said, no. I said, because, see, I know who I am in Christ. And when you know who you are in Christ, no matter whether people say good things about you or bad things about you or people just gravitate to you, I said, when you know who you are in Christ, this is what happens to you. And so uh, we have to accept the bad that comes with it, the criticism, because I know I got I have gotten a lot of criticism over my life, but I thank God that God has given me the ability is not to accept anything that they say negative about me. So I'm today I think uh, I think I'm that I'm so important. Uh, see, I don't have to accept what they say about me. As long as I know who I am in Christ and what He is, that God is my Father. Yes, I am rich. Okay, and it don't always mean money. No. Uh, I, I know I am somebody because I belong to God. Uh, so uh, these things is what I know. And not only do I know, this is what I believe and this is what I live. So, yeah, many of us have gotten fixated on what people say about us. Because if I had to listen to what people said about me, I I wouldn't be where I am in the Lord today. So it is very important we know who we are. Okay, and uh, and once again, great program and uh, great subject, and uh, and continues the good work up. Okay, thanks. Thank you, thank you so much. And um, you know, <laughs> all I can say is um, I wish I wish I had a known earlier. But of course, hey, long as you get it, <laughs> long as you get right. it. Uh, I, I don't. I know I've said this. In church, I know they said this. Um, I said this to the to you privately. Um, I don't know if I ever said this on the air. If you don't mind me embarrassing you for a little bit, um, one of the things um, I do have to say: the turning point for me. One of the turning points for me. Uh, we were talking. I never forget. That was might have been. Uh, I want to say what year. It was years ago. And it was a young lady that I was interested in, and you were beside your wife, and mm-hmm. you were talking to me and everything, and uh, you asked me if she was saved. And I said, I didn't answer the question immediately. Immediately I said, well, I can help her get saved. And you said, you don't know enough to help her get saved. And that challenged me. Because I found out in that moment, it might have sound crazy, but in that moment, I felt like, hmm, I felt the need to, if you want to say, help her get saved. And the reason why I felt the need to help her get saved because I didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. Just point blank. And sometimes when you don't know who you are, sometimes you set up a lesson what God has for you. Mm-hmm. And so... With that encounter, you know, uh, that was an eye-opening experience, and so I appreciate your transparency. And sometimes we have to we have to have people that are godly, but most importantly, that are real that will tell you, because you could have been the type. Well, you know, we'll just pray about it, just pray about it. And to me, when people say stuff like that, that's an excuse. They just try to just, you know, just put you up on somebody else, you know, throw you up on somebody else, but, you know, you being real and everything, and I appreciate it, you know. So 
continue to do the work that you're doing, and and I appreciate you for everything. And appreciate you too. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Take care now. Okay. Do that. Okay. Yeah. So I appreciate you all. Um, those who might have been listening, let us take heart the things that God said about us, not what people said about us. The things that God want to do through us, for us, not what people have done to us. God has so much for us, but realize that the devil going to try to bring these distractions to derail our focus, derail our purpose and plan. And that's not God's will for us. You know, Jesus came for us to have life and have it more abundantly. But, of course, even in that verse earlier, it says, the thief, talking about the devil, comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. That could be still your purpose, the plans that God has for you, your identity, your focus, your vision, your perspective, all these things. But Jesus come for us to have life in heaven more abundantly. And so even for those who may be watching, like I said, there's a young there's a young girl that may be watching, young boy that may be watching, who's tired of people picking on them, bullying them, or you know, even it's it's frustrating when you see yourself as normal. You see yourself as, you know, you're kinda cool, but people may treat you differently. Look, I was the same way. Don't let that interfere for you to change who you are that God made you. You know, you know, if you look at it, a lot of us, you know, we stick out. You know, it's like you can walk into a room and it's like somebody come up there and tell you, you don't belong here. If I walk into, I know me, if I walk into a liquor store right now, that doesn't mean I'm buying liquor. I don't drink liquor. I don't even drink soda pop. But I can go into a liquor store to try to get some chips or get get a bottle of water. There might be somebody that may come up to me and say, hey, you know you don't belong in here because we stick out. In environments that is not matching the spirit and the anointing that's in us, we're going to stick out. I don't care how you hide it. <laughs> You're going to stick out. You know, that's, you know, to some people it could be a curse, but in actuality it's a blessing because God is letting you know, hey, you're stepping outside of your boundaries. That doesn't mean that you're sinning. That doesn't mean that you're sinning. Like I said, you can go to the liquor store. I can go somewhere and, you know, hey, 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 you, you don't belong here. Oh, you know what? Thank you. I didn't even know. I didn't know what kind of place this was. Thank you. I'm out of here. I'm bouncing. You know, so these type of things that God has set for us to be protected, but we have to adhere to where he's where He's taking us, but also helping us be aware, hey, look here, answer up. This is not where you need to be at. So with that being said, um, we're going to get ready to have a word of prayer for those who may be um, whatever may be you may be dealing with. There's nothing too hard for God. Just in case you have not surrendered yourself to Jesus Christ, I would encourage you accept him as Lord and Savior in your life. Romans 10 and 9 tells us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. 
For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. From now on, start speaking God's word over your life. Speak what God said about you. Speak it over your life. Speak it to yourself. Even if you're not used to people saying positive things, good things about you, you get God's word and you read it in the mirror. Speak it out loud. You know, that's one of the things that God wants us to do, not hold other people responsible to spiritually or emotionally feed us healthy words. So what? I look here, I don't give a fat rat if nobody say anything positive about me again. The main thing is, what am I going to say about myself? But also understand that there's a responsibility that we have. And I'm telling you, especially when you're going somewhere in God, the devil going to always try to bring accusations. Sometimes he'll bring false accusations, but don't let that derail you or distract you. And also, there may be somebody who may be watching that's holding on to unforgiveness over somebody that you feel like they may have hurt you. One of the things I always tell people, if there is an art, the Bible tells us if we have an art against someone, we need to go to that person. Hey, man, you know, um, I don't like you said this. I don't like you said that. You'd be surprised. Some things that the devil has allowed confusion over a misunderstanding. You're like, no, I didn't. I didn't say that. No, I didn't. I didn't mean it that way. I didn't know you felt that way. Well, you should have not. I didn't know. If there's a problem that you have with someone, don't run. Just go to that person. The Bible even tells us to lay your gift at the altar, and you go and you reconcile with your brother. That being your brother or your sister. But we as people, and I'm going to be honest with you, especially we as church, church folks, some of us, we'll hold grudges. Matter of fact, uh, uh, part of the message on today was about that. We'll hold grudges. We'll, we'll hold contentment towards somebody. And we say we say, we say we Christ-like. Uh-uh. But if there's a problem, if there's an issue, Get it right. And you know what? Who knows? It might be a misunderstanding. Now, if it was something that deliberate, hey, give that person an opportunity. You know, let's, let's get it right. We as believers, get this. How in the world we can talk about going to heaven and we can't even reconcile down here on earth? That's something we need to think about. How in the world are we going to dance and shout when we get to heaven? but we don't even dance how to communicate down here on earth. I want to encourage someone just in case you may feel like, well, you know, I got a problem with that person or that person, that, that person made me mad. Did, did you talk to them? You know, we look here. What I found out, even, even when we face people who may have, if there's a disagreement or whatever, you just never know. You just never know. But what I found out, that gives us the ability to become stronger. Because you know what happened? Many of us as people, we have a problem resolving conflict. We don't know how to resolve conflict in a healthy, godly way. Like I said, sometimes it might be a misunderstanding. Sometimes it could be an assumption. You know, but you ask yourself, if you don't approach that person or you refuse to approach that person, you think about it. That thing right there could hinder you from the purpose and plan God has for you. Because what happened? A lot of times the devil wants us to hold on to resentment, 
hold on to hurt when God saying, look here, this person right here, that was a misunderstanding. Or that person, you just, like I said, you just don't know. So I'm giving a lot of different scenarios, and this is the way I speak. I speak in a general sense because I deal with people. I deal with the people. I deal with the public and all that stuff. And sometimes for us to be able to just share, because unfortunately, many times, some of the things we don't address it either in our church house or in our own house. And so sometimes my thing is, hey, look here, these are things that we dealt with because when you look at it in the Bible, the Bible addresses current situations, even the things that have transpired then and during Bible times. It was addressed in the Bible. So now we're just doing the same thing. We're addressing these situations. So not to allow anything or anybody to distract you from who you are, who God made you. So understand you're precious in God's eyesight. You're valuable. Look here. If you don't think that someone thinks that you're valuable, how about you be valuable to yourself? Be valuable to yourself. Life is worth living, and I'm so glad even when people wanted to deny me, even when people wanted to, since we're in a counsel culture, some people wanted to counsel me out. But I thank God, God's purpose and plan that he had for me was not based upon man. And guess what? I'm glad it wasn't even based upon myself because I could have got discouraged and given up when other people gave up on me. But God, like the song says, he saw the best in me. When others around me saw the worst in me. So let me flip it like this. God saw the best in you, even when others saw the worst in you. Even when people say, you know what, that person never be anything. God said, I still got potential in them. I st- I'm not going to give up on them because, you know what, I see they're not trying to give up on me. Let your relationship with God be so tight where God say, you know what, you're worth investing into. Let your relationship with God be so you know his word. Even when situations seem like it just, when it, when it seems like the, the walls are, you know, closing in on you. Know that God can move in a way that will astonish even the people that, who have counted you out. So understand, this is an opportunity for you to understand how much God loves you, how much he has invested into you. And know that whatever God has invested he looks for a return. He looks for a return. God never God never invests into people without him fighting and doing all he can to help him to provide. But guess what? He had done everything pertaining to life and God and he had given us everything. He done he already made the way. He just now it's our time to make a way to move. So as we get ready to pray, you know your needs and your concerns, we're gonna give it to God. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We come to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. God, we ask you all, first of all, God, to forgive us, God. If there's anything that's in us that's unlike you, God. God, we ask you all to forgive us, God, cleanse us, God, and make us whole. We come to you right now, God. Ask you, God, to help us in every area of our lives right now, God. There are those who may be watching, God, who may have felt like giving up, God, who may have felt like throwing in the towel, God, 
who may have felt like God, that there is no purpose for them, or they may feel stuck in whatever situation they're in. God, we're speaking right now, God, that you bring in a lifeline right now, God. Help them to understand that it's not too late for you to move right now, God. But God, even in the midst of whatever they're facing, God, God, we're speaking, God, that you reveal who you are in the midst of their situation, God. And God, not only reveal who you are, God, but reveal who they are in you right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we're speaking right now, God. God, even the opportunity, God, for you to show yourself strong on the behalf of the believers right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind everything the devil stands for. We counsel the devil's assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we thank you, Lord, for raising up, bow down heads, God. We thank you, Lord for lifting the burdens right now, God. God, we thank you, Lord, even giving the people hope, God, courage, God, strength right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we speaking, God, even for the devil dealing, uh, bringing discouragement, even those who may be dealing with discouragement right now, God. We speaking, God, that you encourage their heart right now, God. Encourage their mind, God. Even those who may be dealing with depression, God. God, we speaking, God, that you lift the weight right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speaking right now, God, for those who may even be dealing with grief, God. Comfort them right now, God. Be with them right now, God. There are those who may feel so hurt, God. They wondering where you are, God. So God help God, help your people right now, God, to see you and to seek you like 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 never before right now, God. In the midst of the hurt, God, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the frustration, in the midst of the unanswered questions, God. God, we speak, God, that you reveal yourself right now, God. Give them the peace that they need right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and God, help us, God, even in the midst of whatever we dealt with right now, God. Help us, God, to utilize it, God, for the purpose of plan you have for us right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you right now, God, for everything you've done right now, God. We hold up each and every person right now, God, who may be watching this video right now, God. Speaking right now, God, even for those who may be listening online right now, God, no matter where they at right now, around the world, God, we speaking right now, God, that you may Minister to them right now, God. Bar, God, we speaking right now, God, that you bar right now, God. Everything that they would try to do right now, God. God, we remove the distraction right now, God. And God, we speaking right now, God, that you make every stricken path straight right now, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we speaking, God, for healing right now, God. Healing of the mind right now, God. God, we speaking, God, for those who may feel like God. After hearing all those negative words from others, God, all those negative uh, words and comments right now, God, we're speaking, God, that you're filtering out of their spirit, man, right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we're speaking right now, God, those who may feel inadequate, God, those who may not feel important, God, those who may have dealt with rejection right now, God, those who may have dealt with abandonment right now, God, those who may have felt lonely, God, those who may, may have had secret tears right now, God. God, we speak, God, that you dry every tear from their eyes right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus right now, God. God, we speaking, God, for those who may be dealing with fear right now, God. God, we know, God, that you do not give us the spirit of fear right now, God. So, God, we speaking, God, and we yield ourselves to you, God. Ask you, God, to answer every question, God, to lead and guide your people right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you all for this testimony coming from this right now, God. We thank you all for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And most importantly, God, we thank you all for who you are right now, God. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we give you the glory and honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen.
I thank each and everyone who tuned in. Um, if you want to get in contact with me, um, Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, P.S. and Paul, R-A-T-S and Tom, E-R. Matter of fact, that's my name, Brother Prater. Um, you can catch me on uh, Facebook, on the Brother Prater. You can see my daily devotions and videos. Also, you can go to the store section of my website. Uh, excuse me, my website is brotherprater.com. You will see uh, my daily devotions, videos, and also upcoming events. Also, you can go to the store section of my book, of my website, where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to God of Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men their needs and the responsibilities uh, that they have towards their family, their children, also even the children's mother, regardless if you with them or not. Also, this is not just for the men, but it's also for the ladies, too. Uh, I like to talk on both sides, so that way we can get a chance to have a clear understanding from a biblical standpoint. Also, um, for my other book, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper, uh, this book is a tribute uh, to my sister, Sheila Prater, uh, more than just my sister, she was my my buddy, my friend. But, um, you know, uh, we lost her uh, due to domestic violence, and uh, this is something that um, we're just going to have to stop. And I, I thank God for uh, me being able to have um, a friend, uh, a classmate like my sister, Sheila Prater. So um, this is, you know, you can purchase it. And for those who purchase it, also uh, personalize and autograph it. But, um, you know, I just thank God for the support. And I thank and I pray that something that was said that would minister to each and every one of you all. So, uh, thank y'all for the opportunity to be with you all, and I hope and pray that um, y'all have a safe, blessed, blessed week. So let this message encourage you, no matter what you dealt with, no matter what people have said or done, no matter what, that does not define you. God already defined you. And in the midst of what you deal, dealt with, not only has he defined you, but he will also refine you. So hope and pray that there was something that was said. And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night.